Now it's time for episode two of our three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. A Handful of Women follows the journey of Great Grand Peg and her box of memories as she takes Katie, her great-granddaughter, back to her life as it was over 100 years ago. We are drawn into the world of young Peggy as she embarks on a thrilling journey of discovery through the campaign for women's suffrage in Ireland. Last on, a handful of women. I remember a time when women had to put up a strong fight to gain some bit of equality. I'm talking here in Ireland. Really? Well, you're full of smart talk this morning. Maybe I'll keep it to myself. All the news about those women in Dublin. What women are you talking about now? She was a great woman for the cooking. And she passed it on to you somehow, Peggy. Sometimes. I wish she'd been around a bit longer. Morning, Miss Rogers. Me and Dad was thinking you were the postman. Will you come in? I won't stop, Peggy. You see, I'm leaving for London. Episode 2 of our three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. We Irish women must resent the independent interference of any English organisation in our affairs. English suffragettes cannot do any good work for us unless they cooperate with us and allow themselves to be guided by our more intimate knowledge of the Irish people and Irish affairs. Mary McSweeney, Munster Women's Franchise League. What's that poster pinning on the tree, May? Votes for women? Will there be dancing too? Tis too much dancing we do already, Peggy. Too much dancing and not enough thinking. Thinking? Shrank, I always told I do too much thinking. You're a bright girl, Peggy. Morning, May. Morning, Maggie. You've got a good thinking cap on you and don't let anyone be pushing you to get rid of it. Ah, uh, it's only me uncle Eamon and me dad you be telling me. I often wonder if they did more thinking. Would they do less arguing? The thinking has to be done by the women now, Peggy. Morning, May! A morning, Mrs Cotter. We're making a plan to change things round here. We? What kind of plan, May? A plan for your future, Peggy. For yours, for mine and for all the other girls you traipse to school with every day. A plan for the women of the country, Peggy. Now, will you do something for me? Pass round these pamphlets to the women on your way home, Peggy. Tell them I'm planning a meeting for their girls. Will there be tea? <laughs> yes, there'll be tea at Mary Sweeney's house. But you're too young a while, Peggy. <gasps> Look who's cycling over the bridge. It's Father Grady. Go now, Peggy, and hand them out for me. He'll skin me if he sees this poster and those pamphlets. Don't get caught, do you hear me? Is that you, Peggy Dalte? Allowing woman the right of suffrage is incompatible with the Catholic ideal of the unity of domestic life and would fare ill with the passive virtues of humility, patience, meekness, forbearance and self-repression looked upon by the church as the special prerogative of the female soul. Father Barry of the Irish Ecclesiastical Board. Did you ever hear the like? 
What are you running like the devil for? If you run like that, you'll get caught for something, even if you're up to nothing. Frankie Donovan! You frightened the life out of me! Jump, you like ditch like some kind of spy! What are you up to then? Nothing. Just been talking to me, Dorney. We have to scatter, because Father Grady was coming over the bridge. What's she up to now? Father Grady will be reading her from the altar again if she's not careful. Here, give one of these to her ma. Tis a meeting for the older girls. Your sister could go. Anita and the Heron, daughters of Ireland. A meeting at Mary Sweeney's house. Not at the hall. They'll be all crammed in like in those houses in Dublin. There'll be tea. Girls should form branches and elect their own officers in the usual way. But instead of paying rent for a hall, they should meet in each other's houses alternately. It would foster a spirit of comradeship and furnish amusement, both of which are often badly wanted in country districts. Besides educating and encouraging each other to serve their country and shun its enemies, the girls would also educate each other to improve their methods of doing ordinary household work. One girl may have had more opportunities for learning to serve an ordinary tea attractively than her sisters, but all could learn when the meeting would be held at the fortunate girl's home. The same applies to other things, such as patting on one's dress so as to make it look neat, or to keeping one's teeth clean and white. This may seem trifling when looked at from a national standpoint, but it all has a direct bearing on the welfare of the nation. The neater the girl appears, the greater her influence on her brothers and friends. Let us have Inida in every county and ban a hair in double its size when the next annual meeting comes round. That's the same day as the market day. No wonder May has a plan for then. All the men will be away till late. She'll hardly the make sure. Mrs Toomey often says, The men, Peggy, what do they know of women or children? They fill their bellies and they walk out. Mrs Toomey might need to watch her tongue. I've been hearing some rumours round the village from the older lads. What rumours are you on about now, Frankie Donovan? They were talking about market day and the matchmaker coming again for old John Joe from the next village. Sure we all know about that. His hair is grey with age. The women said he's out of his mind to be getting married at his age. No girl will get involved with him, they said. You won't want to know what they're saying about Mrs Toomey, then. What? What's Mrs Toomey got to do with this? They're thinking of making a match for her. Some folk are saying it's not right for a woman to be on her own all them years and having the house and chickens. You can tell them from me, Frankie Donovan. Mrs Toomey is doing grand as she is. All they're after is her chickens and her house. This is the house that man built, and these are a few of the ladies of fame, anxious to write MP after their name. With each sex on a par, why put up the bar? For MP means either mama or papa. Quote the sweet suffragette we're entitled to get. 
into the house that man built. They meet old Mick in the village, and he hauling Miss Rogers' bicycle along with that bit of furniture dragging behind it, and some kind of a makeshift thing on wheels. It would have been good for nothing, only wood for the fire, Peggy, if I hadn't stopped my work and got a loan of Tim Murphy's donkey and cap to transport it. Where did you put the writing desk, Dad? In beside your bed. <laughs> if your ma could only see you know. You're like a proper lady now, Peggy. Though you might bang yourself off it every time you get in and out of the bed. Oh, da. Look at it. I've never had anything so fine. <laughs> it may be the only finery you'll ever have, Peggy. But remember, it's all down to the hard work of your ma. Miss Rogers must really have loved ma to gift me this. And she's left paper inside. And a book of poetry. Susan Mitchell. Is Miss Rogers long gone to London, do you know? If we're to believe old Mick, she's gone about two months. But knowing him, it could be longer. Still, she must have threatened him good off. Most things that get on his cap end up in the pawn shop. I'm going to start writing straight away, Da. Dear Diary, I've never written to anyone before. Set me schoolmaster Madden. And that was only to write things that he ordered me to, or he'd slap me otherwise. In a way, this desk feels like it belonged to me ma. Miss Rogers said she used to polish it so much it would shine like nothing else. Da never kept much belong to me ma. He said anything she had was already on the dresser. A few special teacups and saucers. Her clothes were worn out and good for no one, he said. I don't want to end up like you, ma. Working too hard and eating too little. Getting so sick and no doctor to come with a cure. I know why you did it all the way you did, ma. It was for me and me da. But I want to do it different, ma. I want to make it better, ma. Just for you. The school dinner committee have begun their work. It is hoped that this first school will serve as a model and that in every parish in Dublin and soon in the country too, local committees will be formed who will carry out this work. In this city, there are many hundreds of benevolent women who could spare one hour at midday and who would be glad to work for the little ones if they only knew how. In our previous issues, Madame Maud Gahn went into this question and showed the shocking effect the neglect of our children must eventually have on the national character. This is a question that women must deal with. We see the sad results of laws and social systems arranged and controlled exclusively by men. And it is time for us women to insist that the children of this country have a fair chance of starting life unhampered by sickly bodies. Peggy, all I can hear is that bicycle bell of yours. When are your legs going to be long enough for that bike? Soon, Mrs Toomey. And what clothes will you have for cycling at all? 
Sure you can't go round like that on Miss Rogers' bicycle. There's a lot they say we can't do, Mrs. Toomey. Do you ever think of that? And who's them making the rules? Aren't you getting high and mighty now with your bicycle and your writing desk? Sure. I'll always just be Peggy. You know that, Mrs. Sumi. Indeed, I do. Elliot's Irish poplin is an ideal fabric for ladies' wear, as it combines a rich and elegant appearance with wonderful durability. It can be had direct from the factory, should any difficulty be experienced in obtaining it from the leading drapers. Thomas Elliot and Sons, Irish Poplin and Silk Manufacturers, 25 Brown Street, Weaver Square, Dublin. Did you see those posters round the village? Votes for women. That's what they say. Free the women, free the nation, or some words like that. Don't we all know it's May Dorney? Feisty as a child she was, and even more feisty now that she's grown up. What do you make of it? All I know is I'm weary, Peggy. Maybe it is time for the younger ones to try to change things. But tis them men makes the rules. And what do they know of women or children? They, they fill their bellies and, and they walk out. You don't think the men would try to marry you off? That matchmaker, I mean. Where did that come out of? Frankie. Frankie has a way of picking up news from far and wide. He'd make a good spy someday. That's what I said to him, Mrs Sumi. I've had ten years of those busy bodies trying to arrange me life for me. All they want to do is bring a man to me door. But not one of them will come and dig the potatoes for me. Here, Peggy, grab the bucket for me. I'll dig the spuds and you pick them for me. Ah, that's a good girl. What will I do with those potatoes, Mrs Toomey? Leave them at the door, Peggy, so I can fire them at that matchmaker if he dares to show up. The annual conference of the world's brightest and best intellects the 83rd Annual Meeting of the British Association. A distinguished lady scientist, Miss Ethel Sargent, is the first lady ever elected by the BA as president of a section. She excels in the beautiful and most highly interesting science of botany. Miss Sargent said... Section K has made a great innovation in choosing a woman for its president this year. And I will not refrain from thanking you in the name of my sex, because I happen to be the woman chosen. And though I must and do feel very keenly the honour you have done me as a botanist in electing me to this position, yet that feeling is less prominent than gratitude for the generosity shown to all women in that choice. Speaking in their name, I may venture to say that the highest form of generosity is that which dares to do an act of justice in the face of custom and prejudice. Hello, Father Greedy. 
You're out late of an evening. A priest's work is never done. Isn't that what they say, Mr. Doherty? I hope it isn't work that brings you here no farther. Will you be coming in? I'll stay for a short time only. Right you are. How is young Peggy these days? She's still going to school every day, I hope. Oh, that she is. Seems to like the learning. She's gone to bed. She was busy helping Mrs. Toomey next door. Digging potatoes they were for the afternoon. It's not easy without a mother's guidance. Girls can go astray and get all sorts of peculiar notions into their head. Ah, sure. Peggy's got a sensible head on her. Even so, you can't be too careful. <laughs> I've seen her chatting to that maid Darnie lately. Now, she's one that has a mind of her own and no taming it, and I've said it from the very altar. That one will come to no good getting mixed up in this women's vote and the like of it. Uh, Peggy's only a girl. She has enough between school and keeping this place going. Votes for women as far from her head. All I'm saying is that you must keep an eye on the women that she is keeping company with. Her having lost her dear mother. And the church, of course, is always there for her. Oh, she won't need more than that if she stays on the right path. Now, <clears throat> I must get on my way. I have one or two more calls to make. You must, Father. Tis dark out there. Da! Was that Father Grady? What did he want to this time? Are you not asleep yet, Peggy? No, Da. You heard what Father Grady said, then? I caught some of it, Da. Well, some of it is probably enough, then, Peggy. Take heed of what he says about May Dorney. We don't want to get on the wrong side of Father Grady. Night, Peggy. Night, Da. Rise from your knees, O oh daughters, rise. Our mother still is young and fair. Let the world look into your eyes and see her beauty. Shining there, grants of thy beauty, but one ray, heroes shall leave from, from every, every hill. hill. Today shall be as yesterday. You are listening to episode two of our three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. A Handful of Women was written and produced by Anne Dalton, directed by Judy Chalmers, edited by Rupert McCarthy Morrow, with John Lynch on sound for RTE Junior. The actors were Shala Aslam as Katie, Alex Conroy as Frankie, Mia Jones as Peggy, Antoinette Hilliard as Great Grand Peg, Irene Kelleher as May Dorney, Fanula Linehan as Mrs. Toomey, Dominic Moore as Father O'Grady, Marie O'Donovan as Miss Rogers, and Pascal Scott as the Dad. Song arrangement and musical composition by Marie O'Donovan. <laughs>